The Dad Ass Podcast. Subpar, mediocre at best. Podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. One drink and one conversation at a time. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was legit going to start there. <laughs> You know what? We're yeah. coughing now. Oh yeah, my god! Awesome. You know what? We're gonna yeah. roll with it. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Pod. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> this is gonna be a great show. <laughs> welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional, and very funny podcast about all thing men's health this November. Yeah. So, uh, Matt. How are you feeling? <laughs> are you asking in general or just after that kind of what, Whatever, however you feel like uh, responding to that question. How are you feeling? You know what? I'm I'm feeling really well, man. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. I have this cough I can't get rid of, so this will probably be the most quiet I've ever been. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it. This is the most active listening I will practice Oh. In a conversation. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Have you been tuning in recently? No, <clears throat> no not at all. Um, well, yeah. So um, I'm sure as you heard by our um, giggly uh, intro, we are joined today by two guests who are repeat guests, actually. Um, so we have. Yes, Danny, you are a repeat guest. Stop shaking your head. No. No, when I was, was I ever show? on this Danny, show, man? Danny wasn't on your show. No, yet. this is his first time. We were on. We were on theirs. Oh, that's what it, that's what yeah. it is. You know, so, it's true. Once you've had the Danny Mercer experience, you just kind of assume it was everywhere. I get yeah, it. I'm yeah. Like, this is the kickback show. Oh, you're <laughs> right. I was like, I know. I've talked to him before. So we're joined by uh, Danny and Brock, and um, yeah, it, apparently, you know, Danny has not been on our show. Um, I stand corrected, but we have been on Danny and Brock's. So, um, yeah. So we're going to talk today about um, the giant, big, broad topic of just men's health. If you've been listening in at all um, this week or this month in November, we are um, focusing on all things men's health um, from a variety of angles, physical health, mental health. Um, you know, boundary setting, all those sorts of things. And so we invited these uh, these two gentlemen on to have just a nice open-ended conversation about all of those things. Um, so, yeah, gentlemen, welcome. Boy, thank Thanks. you very much. I'd like to point out, too, that this should be Brock's first time on but our podcast. Not. Because the first time you were on the podcast, we had a flood in oh, yeah. the yeah. speakeasy. That's right. And because we had to reschedule, I was in um, Florida at the time because of things that happened on our end. So there was a flood. I was in a closet in a condo in Florida with no microphone. So really, this is like Brock getting the first like true experience on the podcast, too. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you guys did that, that beautiful recording together at the, the Whiskey Festival, but in terms of like traditional, the way it sort of works, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think this is the first time I've ever recorded with Brock, and there hasn't been sort of any sort of like catastrophic equipment failure. 
last time. <laughs> yeah. You mean you have an actual like your microphone actually works? My microphone works. I have yeah, I have all the cables I need, you know, all those sorts of things. I'm not taking well done, my sir. my AirPods out and plugging them in while I'm sitting quietly so that they continue to charge so they don't die. I mean, by all accounts, this is this is already better than any experience we've had so far. And it was a botched opening. So, you know, so I guess uh, the real I question think the is: the opening was great, man. You did the whole thing without choking. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh um, the real question—you didn't choke. I think that's great. The, the the real question should be: after all of the conundrums that we presented, why did you guys decide to come back? Oh, <laughs> uh, we well, we we love talking to you guys. I mean, <laughs> we got to spend an entire weekend with you, and then you know, why not get to talk about men's health and. Um, just mental health. It's definitely uh, a topic that Danny and I talk about all the time on home dad chat. So it's, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. just old hat for us as far as, you know, promoting that on a, on a regular basis. So it's great that you guys are, you know, taking time out of your all show to really push it hard this month. So, so, so far this month, we have um, discussed men's mental health with two professionals um, which was a, a really great conversation. We Thanks. had two. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Only two of them were professionals. Thank you. I'm um, sorry. I'm that referring was, to the guests. Yeah, that two, was two professionals. Kind of, yeah. in, in I, I felt how cold it got in the room right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through Zoom, you could feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we had two guests that are professionals, three mental health experts. Um, in one speakeasy, which still couldn't call like me a professional. I had to just be an expert there. <laughs> we, we had two two doctors. Oh, now you're playing dirty. That wow, that's, that yeah. that was rough. Yeah, that's below the belt. Yeah, there, ouch. ouch. How far can we send him? You down? know what? I'm glad you're coughing. I you deserve that. <laughs> Choke on it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want help? I'm sorry. I can't help you. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Well said, sir. Well said. We discussed men's mental health. Then we had the two ladies on um, to talk about five ways men can take charge uh, of their health. And what a great way as we start to get close to, you know, around the corner for the end of, of November and, and a month for men to really be reflecting on themselves than to have um, two amazing men, dads and podcasters um, with with both of you. So this is a great conversation to have. And before we jump into that, though, I need to know who's got the better dad joke. Probably Danny. <laughs> Go ahead, Brock. <laughs> Tee one up there, buddy. Uh, okay, well, fine. I mean, for me, like, Dad jokes are really hard to come about, but I would say that uh, he's the worst. I, I am really bad at it. Um, but I, but, you know, as history shows, I, I do uh, I do enjoy looking at back at history. So I will just say that, um, you know, why is diarrhea hereditary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Because it runs in your genes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well done. Well I done. Sean. I love Sean. He's like, I could steal this. I know it. <laughs> no, no. I, I, if I could have thought of it, I was too busy giggling at just a poop joke in general. Poop joke. <laughs> it's pretty much my life. Poop. It's, you know, that's a big part of uh, it, 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 what's it, going on. Not just your life, on. but yeah, just 
at all. Just, what's going a, on in yeah? What's going on in my poop, house and everything? I have else. a poop story. When when we're done, it happened last night. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't cool. me. Danny, please tell me you got a better one than mine. Um, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? I know I've heard this. I know a fish wearing a bow tie. I don't know. Sophisticated. Ooh. Mm. I like that one. one. That's really good. My kids told me that one today, so. That is good. That's a really good one. Sophisticated. It's almost Sean Connery. Go on to the poop story. Yeah, I want to hear the poop story. So we we are making our way now through potty training into undies. And we had a really good day of going to the bathroom, but we had only done number ones. We're still struggling to get number two on the potty. That's a struggle. And so it was one-on-one time with Tuck last night. I also had to do a virtual call um, at some point last night. And three minutes beforehand, he goes, Daddy, my stomach hurts. I go, you need to go to the bathroom? He goes, I'm ready. <laughs> so we run in there. And I'm ready, Dad. And, and we have one of the extra little seats put on top, top of like the adult seat because he gets cocky when he's peeing. Like He'll start dancing, and then he's shooting <laughs> all over. And I'm like, buddy, you're missing the point here and the toilet. But he pulls himself Sounds up. familiar. To come back down while still pooping. Oh. And and then it's now on the seat on, on him. So we, we clean him off. I disinfect. He gets his marshmallows. And he goes off and plays pumped that he pooped on the potty. And that was a big day. We're pumped. Even with that little snafu. Here's where it gets a little messier. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this phone call, uh, this Zoom call. He's watching Moana. He comes up to me. I'm not muted. And he just goes, my tummy hurts. So then I pause it. Um mute it and i go do you have to go to the bathroom i did that was his response <laughs> <laughs> you're late to the you're you're late to that question yeah. <laughs> i did so straight face i go turn around and you could see it on the bottom of the shirt Ooh. and the top of the pants let's oh, yeah. just say minutes later after you know dming the person leading it and and then the the person that was like the actual like host i'm like um I'm now going to bath time. I'll see you soon. It was down like, I'll just stop there. But the best part was, do you have to go to the bath or do you have to go to the potty? I did. Yeah. That, that's I, I the say, end of the story. When it, when it comes to that point in potty training, there's one piece of advice that I would give to parents. And that is the kids are going to, if, if you're a parent that lets your kids go and pick out their first, you know, pair of uh, big kid pants, underwear or whatever, that's great. But make sure that they know that not to get too sentimentally attached to it, because when that happens, those things are going in the trash. It went straight in there. Um, we were able to. Well, it got <laughs> no, dirty. Super Mario. No, that's where they go in the pipe. <laughs> you know, the, the, the roughest part. And, and I'll even bring this back to one of our home dad, uh, uh, home dad con discussions. And we even discussed it on here. There are so many different things I wanted to say, and I didn't know the best thing to say. But the best thing that I did say came when he looked at me and he goes, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean to. I won't do it again. And I looked at him. I said, buddy, don't worry. I pooped my pants until I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) You pulled a Billy Madison? (laughs) 
<laughs> for the rest of the night and he can't say the f's he would keep like looking at me seriously like i i, I wanted to i wanted to tear up because he'd be like dad teddy i'm sorry i didn't mean to but you pooped your pants till you were 16 <laughs> and I was like, all right, he's going to go back to school and just start telling people that his daddy was pooping his pants until he was 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your his... pants is cool. I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> but I, I use this, though, as as, a, as an example, though, how easy it could have been to, like, flip. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. We, oh, we, yeah. We <clears throat> sat through a session on this at Home Dad Con about trying to control the anger oh, and Pete Beskis just, would have been so happy would have been so proud of you I, just seeing the look in his eye like he he let me down I'm like dude the only thing you let down was your pants and um, we got rid no, of those he kept those up <laughs> he kept those up the whole time <laughs> those are gone <laughs> so with that I, I had to do a little extra pour of benchmark in my hot toddy tonight what are you there guys you drinking go. Oh, good segue. That was I, uh, so I, I I've been feeling very gross all day today and I almost didn't pour me anything other than bring in some water. <laughs> but uh, I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm feeling better. So I just poured me a, a basic old uh, basil Hayden. Uh, nothing too uh, nothing too heavy, nothing too strong, but the notes are there. So I, I actually stole it from my wife's stash of bourbon. So uh but I, eventually, I need to I need to grab up on some of the the uh, wonderful uh, whiskeys that come out of Columbus because uh, y'all are cranking them out up there. Yeah, I'm actually having a nice little whiskey from Columbus. I'm having um, our friends at High Bank. Um, they have like a, a limited like bottling series, um, and this one's been aged in Pinot Noir barrels. So it's it's uh, barrel strength. Nice. I think it's like 115 proof somewhere around there. There we go. Um, and then my backup um, for later is also from High Bank, Midnight Cask, where they take their whiskey war and they actually blend in port wine, um, which is different than some. It's actually similar to a product that Basil Hayden makes. Um, so, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Danny? Nice. I'm drinking a B&B, uh, Benedictine in Brandy. It's just a very simple uh liqueur but it has a just a tremendous amount of flavor for me i really enjoy it i have a question I to try for that you. i get to try that at home dad con that was delicious with but with you being in wisconsin but if i remember correctly you you also moved there from georgia correct mm-hmm. yep how do you make an old-fashioned oh i know yeah i knew you're gonna ask this no i don't <laughs> That's a um, good I like it's, that it's really alcohol just isn't really a big part of my life. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm happily to drink. I love having sit down with a cigar and scotch, whiskey, B&B, whatever. But I've really never like if we had people over, we really wouldn't have drinks. And if we ever did, um, I would have a specific drink that would go with the meal and I would have the recipe right there and I would go, OK, this is how I do this. So other than like a, a rum gimlet. Uh, it's the only drink really that I've ever had that's kind of a cocktail. It's kind of a mix. Um, I've never really made old fashions. And honestly, I really thought it was kind of just a a joking kind of stereotype thing. I did not. And I apologize to all my Wisconsin brethren and family. But, uh, yeah, I, I I got nothing. I don't even know what's in one. 
I've heard that in Wisconsin, they make old fashions and they use brandy as simple yep. syrup or something like that. Well, no, they use it as yeah. the as the base. Oh, right? they use it as the base. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know, we, yeah. we had a previous guest on, and that was a uh, hot button ticket uh, discussion there. And, is that Charlie? And, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. And, what goes and, in. Yeah. And yeah. specifically, like, wasn't it like four fingers yeah. worth of brandy? <laughs> yeah. Which Charlie Barron's ain't playing. That's a short wow. night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I will say uh, there was a really funny uh, video with him in it just recently where him and the, um, oh gosh, Penn and Kim um, from out of North Carolina. I can't think of their last names. They're really big, like, uh, oh. social media people. Um, but they did a thing where Kim went to a Milwaukee and they like showed her all around the different places. And then they took her to a bar and Charlie was there and they were like drinking Mary's at like 10 a.m. And he was telling her about like the process of what to do, and how to drink it. I was just like, interesting. I wonder if we'll get to experience that when we go up there in September. <laughs> Charlie Browns is a cool dude, though. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. <clears throat> I just forgot their last name. They have great content, uh, but that's not what we're discussing. But I'm gonna I'm <laughs> I'm gonna look that up here next because I want I want to watch that. Um, but here's what I want to ask both of you, gentlemen. You have um, a top-rated podcast for stay-at-home dads. That's national because your organization is national. You have this this huge reach. The one thing that we learned at our first Home Dad Con is that it is a open platform for men to just come, be their authentic and even vulnerable self just to share. And one of the ongoing topics we've had in, in both of our um, special November sessions on men's health have come down to men don't find ways to talk with other men. And yet, Here's an organization that you guys are a part of, not just with the podcast, but the, the National Home Dad um, group. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and have been a part of just on that front. Yeah, I, I will say this one thing, and I, I don't want to make you feel bad about it, but I want to be as inclusive as possible. So I, I do want to say that when it comes down to it, like, um, you know, we are very open to any and all who claim dad, like not so much just in men. So um, we want to make sure that, you know, our friends who are trans dads, that kind of, like non-binary, that they're included in that as well and, and welcome um, to be a part of the conversation, um, to be a part of the Home Dad Con, um, National at Home Dad Network, all those things. So I just want to kind of put that out there, especially with the fact Danny's wearing a a shirt that <laughs> just reminded me of it when I saw it. It's rad, real accepting dads, or really accepting dads. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it it's been a, it's been an honor to be able to just have this platform for dads um, to be able to reach out to them and to be able to just to speak directly into them on a on a weekly basis. Uh, Danny's kind of the the brainchild for it. Honestly, he came to me and was like, "Hey, like, you know." I really think we need a podcast for the national at home dad network. And I was like, great. I was like, I'm already 
kind of doing one, but it's kind of sitting dead in the water. So I have no problem setting it off to the side and just working with you on it. And it's been a very consistent weekly podcast for us where we've gotten to touch on all kinds of topics, talk to all kinds of different people. And it's been just an amazing journey. We're coming up on a hundred episodes. Uh, we're hoping to hit actually by the end of this year, um, which is just an awesome feat for a podcast that's only been around a couple of years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's been a very regular thing, which um, I will say that's for anybody that has a family or a job or anything else, you know, that a regular meeting with another person every week outside of a work commitment is really difficult. You know, I mean, it's really something you have to put things aside. You have to make a time slot. You have to find it um, and commit to it. And I will say for and the easiest you know, it's not been every single time we've shown up like, yes, I can't wait to do the podcast. It, it, a lot of times it's always fun, but a lot of times you run into it. Like I had a long day. I need five minutes just to decompress. Can we just talk about something, you know, just you and me for a little bit. And then we can get into talking to, you know, to the listeners or to the mic, however you want to describe it. But I think it's been really beneficial to one, help the network get a little more exposure to our members to see, because now currently Brock and I are both board members, um, but to see the the people that are volunteering the most in our organization to have them come on the show and talk about what we're doing in the network and where the network is headed and how it's, you know, benefiting this group or that group or this person, or that person. So the, the podcast for me, one, obviously I love to talk. So that's always good for me. But two, and more importantly, is the fact that we are looking to reach anyone that does identify as a dad. We kind of focus on at-home dads, but that's such a broad label these days because after COVID, had a lot of dads are like, well, I, I can't go to work. I need to make money. I'm going to start woodworking, whatever. I'm going to do this at home. I'm going to run my real estate business or whatever it is, whether they were working out of their house or working remotely. And those dads also really get a big helping of what it's like to be an at-home dad, you know? So being able to reach all of those people has been uh, very rewarding for me. Uh, Agreed. And, and outside of your podcast, you also have a couple other avenues Um that you're able to reach dads and be able to check in with them just with some of your different, um, what you have your evening check-ins, uh, yeah, the lounge. We, yeah. Right? Mon Monday and Thursday nights at, starting at 8 PM Eastern. Um, uh, we do a, uh, what's called the dad lounge. Um, and basically it's something that when COVID hit, you know, it was like, all right, how do we connect these guys together on a regular basis and give them, a place to be able to, you know, talk about some of the, the hard things or just, you know, share the fun things that went on or whatever it is. And so, um, I basic, my, my wife was like, you need to just pay for the professional zoom account. Like that way, you know, you can put as many people on there and run it as long as you want to. And so like it kicks off at eight and by about 10 o'clock, the West coast guys are jumping on and those guys run it till, I don't know, like they'll run it another three four hours just alone on their own um and it's just it's just been really good and so we got that and then um we had talked for a while about a discord uh server and get that getting that going because a lot of people were saying you know like i don't really care to be on facebook and i don't really want to do anything social media wise but i'd love to be able to have conversations with guys and so 
I just one day was like, I'm going to start up a Discord server, and it it took off, and we've had lots of guys join and uh, lots of good conversations, and there's a ton of channels, so it's very similar to what we had going with all these like subgroups on Facebook. Um, we have even more subgroups, I feel like, on Discord, and so um, it's been interesting. I feel like you know the admin is a little less um, than it is on Facebook, which is nice, kind of. It's, it's quite a bit lighter, actually, load-wise, but still, you know, we still keep an eye on it and vet and that kind of thing, but um, those are, like, the two um, biggest ways that um, that we're really connecting with a lot of the dads. You know, I do two... Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I do two, since we've been talking about health and mental health and what have you, two support groups a week, uh, virtual support groups for dads, just to talk about their mental health, uh, just part of a you know, growing a support network for yourself and having someone that you can talk to that um, obviously we're not um, mental health professionals. You know, there, I guess there are no mental professionals on this call either. Yeah, I That's could okay. join apparently. Yeah, I guess you could be there because you're not <laughs> a professional. <laughs> but um, but it, it, it's an opportunity for, even if it's just the stresses of your job, of your day, and I say job and I mean being an at-home dad, that's my job so um but whatever it might be that you're doing that you need just somebody to talk to and for me personally i needed it myself um i I have a several i have ptsd and depression and anxiety and things like that and um needed a place to talk that wasn't a therapist i do talk a lot i do joke about loving to talk but i really do and talk therapy and talking to other people is really the 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 easiest way for me to get through a lot of things just to be able to look at someone else and say yeah you know my kid i love him but he he threw my keys in the toilet again and i don't know what's going on you know and it's (laughs) it's that day-to-day grind that you have with anything and just having someone that you can kind of vent to or offload to that isn't going to judge you, that isn't going to try to necessarily help you or give you any advice, but just to be there and listen and potentially, you know, say, well, yeah, you know, my kid kept throwing my keys in the toilet too. And this is what I did. And by that way, maybe you find a little bit of wisdom and a way to handle your situation. So that's, um, that's probably my biggest, uh, contribution, I guess, is being a part of that team. You know, uh, a couple of things to stand out one, um, just so we're all clear, uh, you can love someone, but that doesn't mean you always like them, <laughs> right? Like I can love Absolutely. you, but I don't have to like you right now. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. And that's like perfectly okay. Um, and you know, one of the things I was gonna say earlier when I was listening was it's kind of remarkable in that I feel like, um, in some ways, you know, my wife and I talk a lot about like the blessing of, um, the blessing of the pandemic and, and that like in a lot of ways in this moment of isolation there were also like new connections that were made maybe even stronger ones and like you know i think about like matt and i right um you know we were pretty much like in each other like matt was the only other human being that like was in my little like pod if you will right um and we we took things pretty seriously because i was you know finishing up chemo and all that sort of stuff. Well, when I was going through chemo, no one was in my pod, not even my parents. Um, but you know, the idea of like reaching out and connecting, it was all of a sudden like for whatever reason, well, not whatever reason, the pandemic highlighted this idea that like, it's not healthy to be isolated. It's just not 
right? Um, and that's one of the things that I'm, I feel like is one of those, like what I would call a blessing of the pandemic is this understanding and realization that like isolation is not healthy for human beings. And like, we talked about this actually, um, with when we had, um, those two professionals on, um, (laughs) 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 the, the, the idea that, that you only need actually one, Research actually shows this. You only need one really solid friend. That's it. Um, Professional? No, friend. Friend. You only mm-hmm. need one friend. Um, I mean, more, you, you know, I won't say more is better because that's not true either. But, like, at the very, you know, core, bare minimum, everybody need, at least needs one person. And that's, you know, proof that, like, isolation is not healthy for you. And I think a lot of people know that on a level. But then, like when it when the pandemic forced like forced people into isolation right um and forced people to really be confronted with that idea that very fact and like you know i wasn't isolated because i was with my wife but like i even just being with my wife and i don't mean just but like I think we can all identify with that strain, right? That like, Mm -hmm. I want other people, I need other people, you know? And so I think the nice thing that has come out of it was people looking towards like technology for lack of a better, like social media, whatever, discord, all these sorts of things. And like, you know, one of the things that I thought was remarkable was the idea that like, when you all came, when we went to home dad con, like there were people that had like never physically met before but they were like they were friends i mean like legitimate like you had told like real had real conversations like all these sorts of things and so um you know making friends as an as an adult is really hard and it's really Mm -hmm. really intimidating um and so i think sometimes people don't do it because of this idea i mean it's, it's no different than dating i mean for real like it's vulnerable, like all these sorts of things. And so I think some people just kind of like close off and close out and they, you know, when they look back in the history of their life, they're like, Oh, I was really social, but you know, now I'm not, you know, reach out, find a group. We, we legitimately had a family disc. Well, Heather and I had a discussion because we've been making parent friends at daycare. And then it was kind of like we were back, you know, when how, how long do I have to wait to call? Is it 48 hours? Is it 24 hours? <laughs> yeah. So then I'm I don't like, want to seem needy, but I'm kind of needy. To, you yeah. need to text her. I was telling her, like, this is to another mom. I'm like, you need to text her now. You wait too long. She thinks you're not interested. <laughs> you go you you go now because she's probably thinking to herself, I may have gotten myself a new, like, friend. Yeah. I was like. This isn't dating. Like, we can't wait the 48 hours. That was a real conversation because, Sean, mm-hmm. it, you're so right, though. It is it is so unbelievably hard yeah. to yeah. meet new friends. Well, you mentioned been... – you, yeah, go ahead, Danny. Or start a podcast, and then you can meet someone from, like, outside of Milwaukee and outside <laughs> of Cincinnati or in Cincinnati. <laughs> well, Danny and I knew each other prior, but yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I, I was, just um, meant for us. We met was, you guys. Uh, yeah. True. I was uh, I'm doing developing a presentation for uh, uh, um, for next year, but it's uh, part of it has been hinged on. And we've been reading a report, me, a couple of other guys that about the friendship deficit. And it's it's kind of a known thing. I mean, everybody kind of says, well, you know, you get older, it's harder to make friends. And that's very, very true. 
But when you're younger, it's literally nothing to make friends because you don't need anything. You don't have anything in common. You don't know. You just say, hey, man, uh, I'm going to go throw rocks in the pond. You want to go? Yeah. And there you go. You know, that's it. And you're best friends. And you can maintain that friendship based simply on the things you did as a child, the things you did growing up. Or things you you did together in you know college or high school or whatever it might be, even people that you had when your twenties on your, like your first job. I did my first retail job, or I was waiting tables, and it was this and that, and you bond with those people so well. But once you get, I know, definitely in your fifties, but also forties and even thirties, once you've established your life, you've set a certain level of comfort that you want around yourself. You had set a couple of boundaries around yourself, um, healthy boundaries and potentially unhealthy boundaries. But having the ability to go up to another human being and just say, hey, you want to be friends? I mean, people, I don't think anybody would be able to answer that question. They would think you were crazy. You know, don't still talk like that. They don't ask that. But it is it is that easy one. Um, but it is much more complicated than it is simple. Because going yeah. up to another person and being able to offer friendship where you're not being creepy, where you're not trying to hit on them, where you're not trying to you know build anything other than a relationship, you don't want any money from them, you don't want – there's nothing bad going on. They really have to be able to see a genuineness in you and probably have it in themselves as well before they would accept that question. You know, yeah, I'll be your friend. You know, so the majority of people that really once you get into your 30s and 40s, you're a little jaded, you're a little more cynical, you're possibly a little more negative about things. And you just can't meet like you do when you're younger, when you're a little more innocent or naive. So I, I have just witnessed over the past couple of years with like kind of friendship it's finding a commonality you know like with with another person so you get these dads we all you know it's like all right we all have kids okay that's a pretty common thing but then it's like what what are the things that you're into so you know we've got dads who are like i'm into lego we got other dads who are like i'm into whiskey dads are like i'm into cigars or beer or, or you know bicycling or bikes you know, f- photography whatever it is you know like oh my god like you literally listed everything i'm into i'm not even joking all of it. I would be in every group. Awesome. Well, then you would fit in well, uh, which you did very much so in Phoenix. Um, so you. you you see where you have these dads coming together and connecting that way. I mean, I remember back to when we pivoted from uh, in person to online in 2020 and the amount of guys that came in that we had zero connection with, like these dads found us through all kinds of different means. Like even, um, I remember one particular dad saying like, Hey, my, my therapist, um, happened to find your convention and I, here I am. And come to find out like this guy lives out in the middle of nowhere in his state and has really no one else around him. Um, and he's kind of like a homesteader in some ways, but he just was looking for connection and like, we, he came to the convention. He came to the convention online, had a great time, and literally it was like two or three weeks afterwards. He like messages me. He's like, "Hey, he's like, Are, is there anything else like this going on?" I was like, "Well, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to actually like announce the dad lounge," and he's he's been a consistent person there ever since. And then um, he's been able to meet up with other dads and hangs out, um, has a cigar with him, that kind of thing. And so when we all uh, were out in Phoenix. Uh, we all got to hang out with him and it was just 
really just an amazing experience to get to have time with him. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, and there were dads who, um, you know, they've just talked in the dad lounge and they were getting to meet for the first time as well. And like you were talking about, like, you know, I'm not looking for anything or whatever. Like I remember hearing one dad in particular talk about like, Hey, I, you know, I have these things going on in my life and like, I have all this stuff going on. And he mentioned like have how, how uh, you know, he's never really been able to go out and buy like blackout curtains or something like that. And, like all this sort of stuff. And the dad that was listening, like basically sent him like, like, you know, kind of like tricked him into getting his address. He was like, Hey, I'll put you on my Christmas card list, which I'm sure he's going to send that. But at the same time too, he ended up sending him the stuff that he was saying, like, I just don't have the ability to do this right now, which is not an uncommon thing. If you're in a single inner income to not be able to afford some of those kind of things sometimes. So, um, you know, just all these different ways that friendship have taken part and also to just support as well. And that's the other thing that's been just, I think, missing in a lot of a lot of men's lives in general like is just this idea of support like i today <laughs> was not in a good place at all and you know i had the ability to kind of get it out of my head and put some things in discord with some guys and then also um i sent it to a group of guys that i've been in a bible study with for a while and um you know i talked with matt and danny about it a little bit and you know, we had conversations. Matt was kind enough to call me because he was not able to text me because he was in the car. And it was just it was great to be able to just have that. And honestly, those were the things that helped me to, like, kind of turn the corner in my day um, and put me in a better put me in a better mindset, honestly. Yeah, And it comes from a place where you're able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Where you're able to just look at other people and say, look, I'm feeling like this. I got this going on. This is weighing on me. This is still dragging me down. This is what's really oppressing me, or this is the weight that I'm carrying, whatever it might be. And it's so strong to be able to admit you're vulnerable, to be able to talk to another man, you know, hopefully someone you trust, you know, don't meet somebody at the grocery store like I do and just give me <laughs> your whole life story, you know, but yeah. find someone that you are friends with, someone that you trust. And you guys talked about it already today that you only need one friend, really. You just need one person you can go to and just vent and they're not going to fix it. Probably they're not going to give you the solution. They may try, but realistically we as human beings need that back and forth with another face. See, see and I, I've been thinking about this specifically because, you know, when, whenever there's a theme for a month, I, I really like to go all in. And, and, and this has definitely been a time, especially this year, um, just to think, okay, what can I do that makes me happier, healthier, holier? Uh, and for anyone listening, that could be that could be spiritually, church, that could be holier, just in well-being and mindfulness, what have you. And I've I've thought about it through the last couple of episodes we've recorded that the next time someone asks me that I vaguely know, so not a stranger, how are you doing? I'm going to give them a real answer. Yeah, and mm -hmm. not just okay good i'm doing well and here's yeah. why take away any network we have when was the last time you had a deep conversation with a friend i look back and i'm like all right and 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 sean you're you're a really good friend so we've we've had a lot of deep conversations but let's say you know outside of of the podcast i can think of like one person 
that I had a deep conversation with outside of just Sean and I catching up during tough times or after a recording. And I'm like, that's one extra, that's one person that I've actually had a deep conversation with. That's two people in like three years that isn't my partner. And I was like, the last time I was with a group of men sticking with the theme for the month, it was like, almost like everyone was trying to one up one another of who's had the most success, whether that's at home or at work or what, what have you. And then we talked about sports Mm -hmm. and no depth to the conversation. And so coming back to my, my, the first point, I'm starting to think that the next time someone asks me how I'm doing and I kind of have a relationship with them, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to give them the life story, but I'm going to be like, you know what? Scale of one to 10, 10 being awesome. Probably a five. And let me tell you why. Yeah. You know, one, I want to see how they're going to respond. And two, I think we should normalize. Authentic answers. I actually, I agree about the normalizing thing, and actually, hundred percent true. Not all the time, but every once in a while, I will do it to a completely random stranger. Like you know, we're at the grocery store, and someone's like, "How are you?" and and it is my like default. Side note: I actually do that tomorrow. Yeah, I actually gave like a a TED talk. Part of my TED talk was about what you just described of like saying good, but wasn't actually good. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but like a random stranger, how are you? And my default's always like, oh, I'm fine. And then I'll catch myself <laughs> and I'll look at them and be like, I'm really sorry. I just lied to you. That is not true. Um, I am not very well right now. I'm having a tough time. Right. And like, I think, I think you got to be able to be ready on the other foot to, if you ask somebody, how are you doing to be ready for them to, mm-hmm either give you a full like descriptive answer or two, maybe they give you that answer that you normally are like, let me tell you, like they, they give you the generic answer and you can tell it's a generic answer and you, and you take the time to just say, no, really? Like I'm asking you genuinely, like, how are you doing? And give them the opportunity to share because a lot of times that's the other side of it is that some people feel like they don't have the right yeah. to maybe dump truck some of their situation <laughs> on you. But when you give them the, uh, you know, the ability to do it, you know, you're giving them the chance to take some of that whatever mm-hmm. off their off their shoulders. And and like you said, normalizing it, making it. I don't have any problem telling people what my therapist said to me, or that I'm in therapy, or that I'm on meds for anxiety. I don't have any problem telling people that I have PTSD, um, that I have. Did I get depressed a lot? That I have anxiety all the time. It's not anything for me. But more and more often, I hear it from other people because it's becoming okay. We're making it normal. You know, like I will ask people a lot of times instead of, hey, how you doing? If I really am ready to take on whatever they're, they've got going on, I just say, how's the weather in your head today? Mm-hmm. You know, and it just gives them a, uh, oh, because you're asking them a different question. You're just asking, hey, how are you? But you're you're changing the the verbiage of it so that it really points to the to the fact that I'm willing to listen. If you're having a terrible day, if you need somebody to talk to, I can be that person. You know, it may only be for two minutes while we're trying to get you know our groceries bought or whatever we're doing. But realistically, if if being um, uh, normalizing it as our saying and answering correctly, like Brock said. The next step then is to making it normal for other people by giving them mm-hmm. that opportunity. And I love that, Brock. I think that's genius. Seriously. One of the things that I talk to parents about, but there's no reason you couldn't do this with adults, is um, two stars and a wish or 
two peaks in a valley. So you, your kid comes home and you're like, how was school today? And they're like, fine. Right? It's it's just like, but if you say like, give me two stars and a wish, two peaks in a valley, two highlights and, a, and an oh man, right? Then it's like this whole open door of conversation, right? Yeah. Like you don't know what sort of happened, where it's going to pop out, but you can't say, give me two stars and a wish. Fine. It just doesn't like fit, right? right? Um. And I and usually I talk to parents about like prefacing it with like that that wish, especially when you're you know if all of these things just like you're talking about that normalizing and all that stuff. It's all about habit, right? If you mm-hmm. develop the habit and you start having the conversation, like the more in depth people will go, like oh I've done this before. The first time it's gonna like there are sort of theories of. Like the way group therapy and groups form, not that we're doing group therapy, but like, you know, and, and just therapy in general, right? Like at oh, first you're to just going to a little bit. You, you froze. Oh, I froze. Okay. So there are theories about, a note. there are theories about group therapy and, um, just therapy in general about, um, how, when you start in that sort of therapeutic process, you stay on like surface level, right? Like I'm not going to get into like. Like, I know what I need to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you what I need to tell you because I don't know if we can go there, right? And you, yeah. a lot of times, yeah. stay at that surface level for for a considerable amount of time until you develop this relationship. It's the same thing with friends and friendships, right? Um, and the idea of, like, two stars and a wish, it's all going to stay surface level until one day it doesn't. And, like, that doesn't mean it will always go there, right? But, like giving people the opportunity so like this isn't like a do it every once in a while thing this is like a habitual piece of your day where Mm -hmm. you're really being thoughtful and all that sort of stuff and i was also listening and thinking back to matt you were talking about like you know connected deep conversations it's also something that you have to practice the more you practice with your partner the more willing you are to do it with like someone you're close to like me, the more you do it with me, the more you're willing, more likely to engage in a more, you know, deep conversation with like, it just sort of spreads. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's cause you just have to practice it. Um, yeah. My wife, my wife actually had started a thing where we sit around the dinner table and we'd be like, all right, we're going to share bright spots for the day. Like yeah. what's your bright spot for yeah. the day. And, uh, it was fun. Like we go around and talk about it. And, uh, now, uh, the kids will do it, especially my my youngest. She loves to just be like, bright spots. Let's talk about bright spots. And the best part is like, you go to her like, what's your bright spot? She's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to start it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll hear yours, to you. Dad. We'll, we'll be back to you. Yeah. It's such a, go it's ahead, such a challenge, though, I think, for for men. And, and I don't think I said the point right. And especially because now I'm reflecting. I'm like, I feel like I, I dismissed our relationship, Sean. That's not what I no, wanted. No, I didn't think that at all. But. For men in particular, if there's a uniform or a cause or a team or a name or something, we we can bond with people. But for men to open up man to man, you know, to just sit and start sharing feelings is a lot harder, I think, because I've heard some of the girls' nights or phone calls of girls' night, and, and it just opens up, whereas I think most conversations just are surface level. Until you get to a group of men or, you know, a bond of brotherhood with some sort of, you know, again, connection, emotional connection, uniform, what what have you. And I think it's it's it just stinks because 
for those who don't have a network or who don't have, you know, a team and it doesn't have to be a sports team, I wonder where those deep conversations go or where those emotions and that hurt lie because it's so hard for men because we haven't accepted the fact that we can openly come out and say, I need help. I'm struggling. I I, got to say this. So running the Cincinnati dads group for the past five years and being able to like grow and network dads together. I, I see other city dads groups like go out and like they hit like different things in the city together as in groups. Every time I ask my guys like, Hey, what do you guys want to do for a dad's night out? They all just want to sit around a campfire, mm-hmm. drink, smoke and talk or whatever. And they don't have to do any of those things except for talk if they don't want to. But when we have these gatherings, like, these guys get together and they just start, you know, sharing. Like it's insane. Like they just are so ready to connect and they know that the other guy that's there is also, you know, Hey, I didn't just come here to watch sports. I didn't just come here to talk about the weather, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And to me, I find it to be like my, like, I don't know, it's like this great accomplishment to like bring these dads together, honestly, and give them a safe space to just know that like they're in an area where they can just have that conversation. And I tell you, like the, the guys who show up to these dads night outs and talk about what's going on, they walk away and I get messages from them like (laughs) as the weeks go on and they're just like, Hey, um, I didn't get so-and-so's like information. Can you help me out? Or, um, Hey, I really just appreciate being able to get the, you know, to talk about this thing that's been weighing on me and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is way more important than like, Hey, let's go bowling. Hey, let's go hit this brewery or, or whatever it is kind of deal. Like, and I really hope that that continues and that other dads groups like also at some point are able to do that as well, along with everything else they do. That's super fun that it can be fun to just sit around and talk to other, talk to other dads and, and give that ability to, to have those conversations or just talk to other men, you know, to be able to drop everything that you've got other than yourself. This is me. This is who I am. You know, I identify most as a dad or whatever else. And there's just not a lot of, of, uh, um, uh, opportunity to be anything other than a dad in my life, but to be able to sit with someone else and say, no, this is what Danny needs. This is what Danny's thinking. This is what Danny's dealing with. Um, and I think culturally we've been taught for so very long that, you know, when you talk about competitiveness or, um, even if it's looking at business sense where it comes into your personal life, where if you're vulnerable, you're weak. And if you're weak, you're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're really trying to steer that. I mean, it's a cruise ship. It's, it turns very, very slowly, but trying to get that conversation back over to, no, it's okay. You're not weak if you're vulnerable. You've been doing a great job mm-hmm. of that this, this month, Danny, with your posting, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're raising money for, uh, for Movember. Um, and right. you know, you, you're posting about what's going on when you get, you know, you get the chance to and stuff. And I, uh, I think it's like I've done that over the past few years and I, st- I didn't do it this year, but, um, you know, just the fact that you're being like, you're showing like representation there and, and going after it, you know, and putting that out there has been awesome. I saw where Movember actually commented on, <laughs> on yeah. your post from today. That was pretty, uh, pretty yeah, special. that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, 
And so I, I'm guessing you guys know what Movember is, but yeah, they're, yeah. you know, a national organization looking to change the face of men's health and, of course, testicular cancer and prostate cancer. Um, my main focus is mental health and uh, suicide prevention, that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it, it comes down to, again, being real with people. And I, I really I feel very cliche using that word, but to be able to be yourself and say, yeah, this is who I am. This is, this is my weird flag. I'm going to fly it. And this is how I do it. I'm into this and this. And if you're not cool, we can talk about what you're into, but in that same vein, this is how I'm doing emotionally. This is how I'm doing mentally. Yeah. You know, and that's, and being well, that's the other thing that. I was going to, I was just thinking about too, is the fact like, you know, we've been talking about this all night and, and uh, just sharing all these kind of like, wonderful sentiments and advice pieces and things like that. And, uh, you know, to be most transparent, I mean, it, it's not been great for me in some ways this, this month. I mean, honestly, like I've battled with some just like major depression stuff, major anxiety on some things and just mentally health wise, like it's just garbage for me right now and, uh, not doing anything on a, um, even physical health level, um, so it's just like a combined cocktail of just not good that I'm, that I'm working through. Um, but at the same time too, like it's a battle and it's a battle that I'm not willing to just give up on. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the big thing. Like you're going to have days like that. Maybe you're going to have weeks like that, but at the same time, like I, my encouragement to anybody that's in that trench you know, fighting is to, to keep fighting. I'm, I'm curious in, 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 in listening to you speak, and I know you said you haven't been doing things physically, you've been struggling. Is there anything in particular you guys are doing um, for yourselves this month as we reflect on uh, Movember, um, on the different things that you said, anything that you're trying to implement it's a good question. Uh, unfortunately, I would say, Danny, if you got something, go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I kind of folded in Movember with um, I've been trying to walk every day by Milwaukee Home Dad Con in September. I want to be able to run three miles every day. Um, Kyle Denny is one of our members and one of our uh, most active runners, I believe. Um, the man is like the hundred mile runner. He's he's just he's the man. And every uh, convention he runs, he just gets up early in the morning before breakfast and all that, and goes and runs. And he runs two or three miles, I think is what he said. So I'm like, I want to be able to do that. I want to run with Kyle. That's what I want. And I've never been a runner. I don't run. I've always made the joke I wouldn't run if a dog was chasing me. I'm just not a runner. And it's not like I'm so brave I'll stand here and take it. But no, I just wouldn't. I don't run. I just kind of stand there and get bit by the dog, you know. Um, so for me, it was really easy to come into November. And I also did a um, a uh, Lord of the Rings challenge that um, I can't remember. It's Conquer who put it on. But basically, you virtual run the... 183 miles, I think, between um, the Shire and Rivendell and then out to Mordor eventually and all that. And for each one, you get this amazing medal. And uh, my wife got one with her friend because they're on a team together or a fellowship together. But um, my my geek came into that and I'm like, well, I, I would love to have that medal. I would be able to say I ran to Mordor. I didn't walk. Yeah. Um, so getting that for me has been really big to be more physically fit. Um, to be able to run, I, I definitely am missing the muscle that I had in my thirties and forties. Um, and 
folding into that my kids because I'm taking them to the gym with me on Saturday mornings and getting them to learn about their muscle. I mean, they're 16 and 13, so they're you know old enough um, to learn, you know, what muscle groups are and how to, you know, basically focus on that one muscle you want to develop and how you do. So that's been my main physical thing. And I honestly take a run every morning as a reward for getting up, getting the kids up, getting the kids off to school with all their stuff and everything's good. I've done my job for that morning. And so my reward is to go and walk and listen to a podcast or listen to a book or, you know, get on the treadmill and play Mahjong and, you know, whatever you do. So that's my main one right now is, is walking and, and strength training. Mm, that's great. I went to the chiropractor for the first time yesterday. First time ever? Ever. I'd never gone to a chiropractor. And I was like, I dig this. I mean, he doesn't know this, but we are deeply in a relationship. I am in love. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I enjoy going to the chiropractor. I feel you, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, technically your chiropractor feels you. (laughs) Uh, Good good job. Well done. So I um, ever since... um, cancer i still have um it's basically phantom limb pain right i still have uh times where it feels like i've been kicked in the groin um on the side where it's where i don't have a testicle and uh, i've tried a ton of different things and so um with varying levels of success none of which have like been completely successful um and so i've you know i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna try I'll go to chiropractics and, and sort of see how that kind of goes. I mean, he side note when he popped my neck, dear God, it was, it was lovely. Like I didn't even Orgasmic. know. I'm not quite there. You can say it. Yeah. No, not quite there. Actually, it was really funny when he did it. I started to sweat and he like, then was explaining to me like why that happens and all that stuff. And then I was talking to my wife about it and she was like, yeah, when I went, they were telling me that, um, some people like spontaneously cry, but it's not like a, an emotional cry or even like it's just yeah. not a painful cry. It's, it's literally like a physiological response. I was like, that is the weirdest thing that you just said that I didn't. And, and I have no problem saying that I cry, whatever. I, I, I truly didn't. But I had the sensation where I was like, what is ha- like what is happening right now? Uh, so, yeah, that was something I did to prioritize my physical health. And then awesome. we adopted a dog. So helps on my mental health um we're gonna do um my wife and i are gonna do and i don't remember who it was th- maybe it was american heart or no somebody somebody has like a 50 mile challenge dog walking challenge in december mm. um so we're gonna each do the 50 mile dog walking challenge. sweet so i mean the dog that we adopted is incredibly skittish and afraid of like everything. So like 50 miles yeah. is going to take a long time because, um, you know, but yeah, the, those are the two big things, um, that I have tried to do. And that, you know, I talked about this too, when, um, you know, last, last episode a little bit, just from the aspect of like, you know, I'm getting up and I'm walking the dog and like being outside and all those sorts of things. And previously I wasn't really doing that. Um, and also it's just really nice to like come home to a dog. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. How old and what kind of dog? I mean, I assume it's a mature dog since you said, yeah. So she, we think she's about three or four, Mm -hmm. um, Dalmatian. 
and um, she was a a breeding mom that was yeah. you know abused and and all that sort of stuff. So, have um, you had a Dalmatian before? I've I had two when I was growing up. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. So they're they, their own thing, but yeah, you know because oh, you've had yeah. them, so you yeah. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but Jill, Jill the Dalmatian. Mm-hmm. Brock, how about you? I honestly got nothing, man. I uh, like I said, it's been a pretty. You know what? I am not going to accept this answer from you, and here's why. <laughs> here's why. Because okay. that is a very defeated answer, and I refuse to believe that you have not done anything positive for your physical or mental health. And that is an answer. That's the easy, fine answer. I guarantee you have done okay. something that you are proud of in it, it, this month. It doesn't have to be monumental. I, I would okay. I, I would say that the one thing that I've done recently is like this past weekend was uh, was Veterans Day weekend. And uh, I went out, even though I was like going to an event with nobody that I knew I got invited to, um, I went to an event called uh, Vets and Brews um, and got to uh, meet a bunch of uh, local veterans um, and, you know, talk about mental health with them and actually get connected with uh, with some people that I like never met before and uh, actually met a a guy who runs a um, an event um, called I think he calls it the the Ruck, and basically it's like a hike yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, for veterans. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking into maybe doing that next year. Um, he hasn't released any of the dates for it or anything yet, but for me, um, I've got a very different um, military experience than most uh, because mine was cut super short. Um, and I spent a lot of time questioning whether or not I could call myself a vet, even had dealt with people telling me that I wasn't, and then, um, have really just had other people come around me and be like, no, like you signed a blank check. Like you, you served even for as short a time as it was, you've got an honorable medical discharge, DD-214, like hold your head up high and, and, and go to the events and things like that. And so I felt like. Uh, it was kind of a, um, I was basically kind of looking my PTSD of that in the face a little bit, um, when I went this weekend and, um, I had a great time and I even got to share my story with a few people and, uh, they were like, that sucks, but you're one of us. And, uh, that really just, that was, that really just kind of put a lot of extra energy into me, uh, from that. So, uh, yeah, I guess that would be the one thing that that's really been uh, really been great yeah. as far as that goes for a self a self care thing for me. I'm I sorry I awesome. pushed you, but I'm not at the same time. No, no, don't be sorry. That's great. Thanks for pushing me, Matt. There is a bright bright spot during a tough time, Matt. Right. What about you? Um, you know, for me, I have been slowing down. Um from listening to other podcasts for leadership and personal growth to reading more and just um, taking more time for me. And a happier, healthier me means that Heather gets a happier, healthier husband most days and Tuckerman gets a happier, healthier um, dad. And so that, that's been, that's been good because um, 
it was Rob, I think, that said it on our first episode this month that um, it's okay to have an off season. Yeah. And um, sometimes even just taking a bye week. And so that that has been um, something that's lived true the last few weeks. So that's that's where I've been at. And then I also physically just started hacking up and then was like, I'm going to stay home and sleep for two days because I cough Good. at night. I only cough at night, though. I, I don't get it. Like I, if it's talking or at night. So then I had to sleep during the day. That makes me think that about was, when Kimberly would get her cough. She would only cough at night. And if she's listening, she knows she knows what I'm I'm going to talk about. I love my wife like dearly. There were some real moments in the middle of the night where I heavily considered smothering her with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you love them. You don't have to like them. Right? <laughs> no, actually, when I Good no, call back, <laughs> actually, in all honesty, um, I say that like half joking, but this is actually really um, this was an indicator for me when I was in like a really dark, not good place. That that you know, I never actually thought about smothering my wife, but I remember getting feeling really like annoyed. Okay. I felt really annoyed and like like really beyond reasonable annoyed that she was coughing because it was waking me up and all these sorts of things. When I was in a healthy headspace, and I don't say this to like pat myself on the back, but I started to, I like had to like look myself like look at my habits to like figure out my sort of warning signs of like where I'm at. Cause we all have them. Right. Um, I realized that when she would cough, I would look at her and be like, do you want me to go get you water? And it was not a big thing. It like all these sorts of things where like when you're not in that good place, like everything gets painted in this negative spot. Right. But when you're in a healthier place or, or, or you have the ability to go there and there were times where I was probably teeter tottering and I was like, don't just just ask her like she's not having fun right and so like i i share this story to implore people to sort of think about some interactions they've had and reflect on them and see where like your warning signs are where are your like where's your gauge like another one was i'd get mad at the dog and i'd yell at the dog when like there was a mess even though the dog didn't want to make a mess right and then i'd be like Oh, this is like, I'm not in a good place. Right. But now I, you know, when you're in a healthier place, you can deal with more and all those sorts of things. So figure out your, know your own warning signs to when you go. Yeah. Are someplace. I, I will say this for a upcoming self care thing. I've got these two wonderful bottles <laughs> from Triceratops Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the barley wine. And, uh, there, there's a, uh, an event that needs to take place where I come up to Columbus and we crack these bad boys open yeah. and enjoy them. But along with that too, I, I, uh, I really need you to, to take me to my first NHL, uh, hockey game too. So we can, uh, we can aw. make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody See? wanted to learn more about you guys, your podcast, um, about the, the, everything that you guys are doing, where can they find more information? We're all over the web. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Everywhere. I, any 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 podcast platform pretty much has us, especially the major ones. Uh, you can find us at Home Dad Chat. Um, we post uh, a weekly uh, podcast. It usually runs about an hour long. Um, and then also, too, you can find out information through uh, the National At Home Dad Network's um, 
social media, um, which is at home dad net or sorry. Yeah. At symbol home dad net is uh, where you can find information about the podcast and about the organization as a whole. Um, and then also to our website at home dad.org has all that as well. So, um, definitely lots of places to connect with us. Um, and hopefully if you know a stay at home dad, or if you are a stay at home dad, uh, get connected with us and, uh, the, the organization, Danny and I, any of us would love to, to talk with you and try to help, uh, best connect, uh, resources to you. Bring you into the fold. Yeah. Well, thank you very much guys. Um, you know, this has been really awesome. I, I always get, enjoy the opportunity to get to talk with you and, um, all that stuff and Matt, thank you very much for hopping yeah. on and and everything. But Thanks, uh, guys. you know, um, as far as if you're listening to us, we wanted to tell you thank you, uh, whoever you are and wherever you're listening from. Um, you know, you can find us on Instagram um, at the Dadass Podcast. You can also go to the Um, You know, on that note, um, we've got a, a couple of blog posts that have popped up this this month. Um, I'm gonna beg both of these gentlemen at some point. Maybe you'll. We can get you to be guest writers. I think that'd be awesome. Um, but uh, you know, we uh, we appreciate you for listening. And um, you know what? Until next time, stay strong, dad ass. <laughs>